Uh, Hail Caesar is the latest from the indomitable Joel and Ethan Cohen. Probably two filmmakers with as good a resume as any in existence over the last 30 years. And they've also got quite a wide ranging. They've got like their big ticket items like No Country for Old Man and Fargo. Um, Across the Broad, brilliant. And I still think Miller's Crossing is my favourite of their films. And then they have this other style of movie, um, which is the really sort of zany comedic style. And I've kind of hated some of those films as well. So there's a little bit of trepidation that greeted Hal Caesar, their latest. I think it may be on general release in Australia now. It came out in February in America. Um, It's certainly their lightest film for a very, very long time. Uh, Conceptually, it's very interesting. It's set in the 1950s and follows the uh, studio process at the time um, when studios actually owned all the cinemas and when TV was starting up and when the whole studio process of where they would own an uh, actor and as they do in one case, they literally take the actor from a cowboy singing movie and put him in an English period piece in the same day because they decided they wanted to change the guy's um, public persona and they used to go out on dates with other starlets who they'd never met before and pretend they were having relationships and so on. And this follows, uh, this is very close to something like Burn After Reading um, in some ways and also uh, another film with Christopher Walken, Seven Psychopaths. Uh, it reminds me a little bit of that as well. It follows a kidnapping uh, George Clooney is one of the biggest stars of the day, and he's sand, uh, starring in a sand and sword, sword and sandals epic. Got there in the end um, about a Roman gladiator or a Roman soldier um, turning to Christianity, uh, which they did make in the robe. I think was that the film that they're referencing there, and he's kidnapped by communists, quite amusingly, who are trying to overthrow the whole Hollywood system, and that obviously relates to the McCarthy trials of the fifties, where a lot of um, actors and directors were forced to turn on each other and uh, people were blacklisted for the rest of their careers for being communist sympathisers and so on. Uh, the cast is impeccable, as you would expect. Lots of big names. Josh Brolin's the main sort of lead focus. I love Josh Brolin just about anything, but sometimes I wish that he would um, just be in brilliant films because it's too easy to use him in something like this. He plays the fixer, the guy that gets everything done for the studio. So whether it's um, keeping stories out of the press or getting someone on set or dealing at one amusing point with um, religious entities asking them if the script for the film is going to offend any of them and the Jewish, uh, Catholic and uh, Christian representatives have a very amusing meeting where they just basically argue and don't really focus on anything. Um and it, it follows that and it follows a couple of other starlets and random things, but it's a real dog's breakfast of a, of a screenplay. It covers an awful lot of things and none of them particularly well. Um, the One of the main characters in it is Alden Ehrenich. Ehrenich, I'm going to call him. Uh, Alden Ehrenich. He's a young actor and I think he's been in something else quite prominent, uh, name of which escapes me at the moment. But he's a real revelation in this. He plays the cowpoke actor who's a matinee idol and he could have played it real dumb but he's actually one of the most thoughtful and intelligent people in the film. It's uh, quite interesting and there are some wonderful scenes with uh, him and Ralph Fiennes when uh, uh, he goes to star in this English uh, period drama 
and just cannot act those roles. And, and Ralph Fiennes gets progressively more and more agitated trying to get him to say different words and to to look a certain way and stuff like that. But he does give a great performance. Ralph Fiennes is good in it. Jonah Hill pops up. Scarlett Johansson's good in it. Uh, Francis McDormand, Tilda Swinton. Channing Tatum turns up for an epic uh, song and dance number, which is actually very good. But there are just so many elements, and none of them really make that much sense to a cohesive whole. Um, the Half the time I was watching it, I thought, this is flat-out brilliant filmmaking. And the other half I was watching it, I felt like it was unbelievably empty, superficial surface noise. And I don't think it really went anywhere throughout the... I, for, for a Coen Brothers fan, comparing this to something like No Country for Old Men is like comparing Weekend at Bernie's with No Country for Old Men. It's, um, it's, it's beautiful filmmaking on many levels, and the period details and the ensemble cast are all great. Uh, George Clooney is kind of empty in his role. He, doesn't, he has a silly role, uh, and it doesn't really gel. Uh, Brolin's good in a brooding way, but I prefer to see him in something absolutely great, to get the absolute perfection out of him, like in Inherent Vice, where he was so good. And in No Country for Old Men as well. And here is a character probably the strongest thing in it, but just not really developed enough. Um, the story itself just is kind of ludicrous, deliberately at times, because it's a comedy-ish film, um, but it is still ludicrous. It's sort of like it doesn't really make any sense where it goes to. Um, it's certainly enjoyable on a once-through, but I can't think of a Coen Brothers film that I'll think less about after this, the end came up, um, which is a real shame because there's a lot of potential for what they want to do here. But instead of making a film that embodied the whole studio system, it's like they've kind of tried to make a piece of every single film made in the 1950s and include every single possible parameter, actor, type, and everything that goes on with it. Um, so it's it's a collection of ragbag individual scenes that don't really add up to much. The whole communist subplot is kind of amusing at first and kind of pointless at the same time. So I don't know. It's it's hard because there's so much talent on display, and yet it's sort of got the self indulgent air of something like Ocean's Twelve, which I really hated, where it felt like they made the film for their own benefit. Um, so it's probably the weakest Coen Brothers film I've seen, maybe, which is saying quite something that it would be the, the weakest ever. I don't know if it's the weakest ever. I haven't seen every single one. But I have struggled with their Raising Arizona zaniness. I don't like those films. I hated Burn After Reading. Actually, I'd say Burn After Reading was a worse film than this one. So other than that, this is probably their second worst film. So... Ooh, I'm going to give Hal Caesar tragically a 6.5 out of 10. Certainly not amongst their best. Uh, this is, <coughs> excuse me, I played uh, Chet Baker recently.